Bibles tonight. We won't be long because I know we are going to sing extra tonight, but 2 Timothy chapter number 3 tonight. 2 Timothy chapter number 3. This morning we talked about the Word of God and how to use it in our lives and how it can cleanse us from the wickedness that goes on in this world. Tonight I want to talk about the importance of continuing in the Word of God. God's Word is key to the Christian life. And I hear so many people argue about this doctrine, argue about this, and go back and forth about all these things. I would just encourage you, just get in the Bible and read it and continue to stay in it and let it change your life. It will help you get where you need to get in the Christian life. It will help you more than anything else you do, more than any book you read, more than any person you listen to, just get to the Word of God. Nick was saying tonight, I was hearing him talk to Cody a little bit, and he said the best sermon he ever heard was a sermon I preached. And I'm like, yeah, the best sermon he ever heard was a sermon I preached. And guess what sermon it was? The one that was Scripture the entire time and was nothing but Scripture. I'll take, I like that. That should be the best sermon. It's come straight from the Word of God. I haven't, I, that took a long time to put together. We'll see what happens if I ever do another one of those. But we need to continue in the Word of God. Paul is about to go be with the Lord. He's about to die at this time, and he's leaving Timothy some closing thoughts. 2 Timothy 3, look with me down at verse number 13. We'll get right into the message tonight. It says, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now, this was written almost 2,000 years ago. So what does it say there? That there are, that evil men and seducers are only going to get worse. So do you think in 2,000 years that the evil men in this world and seducers in this world are worse today than what they were? That's what the Bible says. Doesn't it say that? They're going to wax worse and worse. It's only going to get worse. Deceiving and being deceived. So how do we deal with that? How do we not get deceived and get drawn in to what they say? Look at verse number 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known what? The holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God or the woman of God may be perfect. Not perfect as in never sinning, but mature. Isn't that what we talked about last Sunday from 1 Corinthians? We want to mature in the Lord? It says that, ye may be, that the man of God may be perfect, mature, complete, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Father, bless the next few minutes that we have. As we look at this passage, help and guide us. We love you. We need you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The only way to combat lies is the truth. You realize that? This world is full of lies. Turn on the news. Turn on two different news channels about the same story and see what they tell you. Well, they gave a partial truth and a partial not truth. That makes it a lie. Right? And in this world, there are lies all over the place. Satan, from the very beginning, yea, hath God said, God isn't going to really kill you if you eat of that fruit. What did Satan do? He lied right away there in the garden. And you got to understand, the only way to defeat Satan's lies that he feeds us and that he has is with God's truth. The thus saith the Lord should be the final answer to every question that's there. 
we look at this passage and evil men are going to wax worse and worse and deceivers are going to be worse and worse. And what are they going to do? They're going to deceive more and more. Why? Because they've been deceived by Satan. And in these last days, and as I believe we're in the last days, do you know we've been in the last days for almost 2,000 years now? We're in the last days, okay? I'm not saying he's coming tonight. I would love for him to come tonight. Even so, Lord, come tonight. But I'm, we're in the last days. It's been this way for a long time. Things are not getting better in this world. They're getting worse in this world. But when we stop to think about this, and we've got to understand a few things, in these days, the deception and all these things, when it comes to Christianity even, what is true and what is not? I listened, and uh, Johnny went the other day. He was, he's gone this weekend. He said he, went to, he was in church today, which is good, but he, was, he, went to, he wanted to go to this debate between a Christian and a Catholic. So I tuned in. I wanted to hear it a little bit. And the, the question was, is sola scriptura real? Only the scriptures. And this Catholic was going to town. Was, he sounded really good. But he was not right in what he said. And his arguments were not... But to the average person listening into that, they could pick up a lot of stuff there and fall for that trap that you can have a tradition of men and all these other things that equal the same as Scripture does. And Scripture is what we need today. Continue thou in the things that you've heard from the Scriptures. You know, even we get that wrong in our Baptist churches sometimes. Well, I need to follow what this man said or how this man done it. And some men and things, it's good to follow things that they do. But if you look at this passage, it's not telling you to follow them. It's telling you to follow the Bible that they follow. So as we look here tonight and we piece this together, Timothy had been taught the Word of God from a child. And, you know, there are some people that say, well, when I was a kid, I needed it. I need to memorize Scripture. I needed the foundation of the Word of God. So what changes when you get older? You need the Word of God just as much when you're 10 as you are when you're 70 or 20 or 80. We all need the Word of God. And Paul's telling Timothy here, you need to continue with what you've already learned, what you've been taught. And that's why it's so important that parents train their children in the things of God. And not just train them, but you be learning it and you continue and do it with them. You know, the best homes that I see are the homes where mom and dad are continuing in the Word as the children are learning the Word. Instead of here, you go to your Sunday school class, you go to that Christian school, and let them teach you God's Word. We need parents that will continue in the Word of God and continue in these things. So as we look here tonight, Paul makes some important statements about Scripture here. I want us to see this tonight and tie this together with God's Word. You see... This world's getting worse. It's not getting better. And the lies and deceit are only getting stronger than what they've ever been. So what do we do to combat that? What is important? We continue in the things that we've learned and been assured of, knowing of whom we have learned them. And what does Paul say? And that from a child thou hast learned what? The Holy Scriptures. Tonight I want to give you a few thoughts about continuing in the Word of God. First of all, number one, the Bible contains the Holy Scriptures. The sacred letters is the literal translation of that phrase there. The suggestion is that young Timothy learned the Scriptures. Maybe he learned, you know, Psalm 119, maybe he learned the Hebrew alphabet from Psalm 119. That would be a good way to do it, right? You could even look at some of the early, the first primers and things of our nation and how kids learned to read, and Scripture was all through them. 
And so it says here that, that Timothy as a young man here and as a child he has known the Holy Scriptures. The word holy means sacred and set apart. The Bible is not like any other book that's ever been written. The Bible itself, you think about this, the Bible is so amazing. The fact that it's set apart by God for a sacred use and that it's sacred letters given to us so we can understand more about God. That's why it's so important when you look at the Word of God and as we look at that verse there, that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. The Bible, it's a special book. That's why I encourage you to take care of your Bible. That's why I encourage you to take your Bible with you places. And I get it. I live in 2024. I know that tonight. And for, like, Bob Payne this morning, he's talking about wanting to have his iPad so he can see the Scripture better. I'm good with that. You want to use your iPad to read the Scriptures? I just want you to read the Scriptures. But I think there's something special and something important about carrying the sacred book around with you. I challenge you, just take your Bible with you one day everywhere you go. See what happens. See the looks you get. Every once in a while I do it just for fun. I'll go to the gas station and I'm getting my drink and I just set the Bible right there. And there, they just get ner people just get nervous. I throw my iPad out. No one gets nervous. They don't have a clue what's on my iPad, right? You know, does he want to play a game with me or something? He wants me to see his Facebook and what's going on in his Facebook there. But just, it's a sacred book. And that's why it's so important. You you need to figure out for yourself where you stand on a lot of these things. I'm very careful. I, and this is me. A lot of people do things a lot differently. The scriptures, I don't write my notes all over the scriptures. That's the scriptures. I write my notes on other things. Some people, they'll write in there, and it's fine. You do what God leads you to do. For me, I don't do that. I don't put things on top of my Bible. If you see my Bible and my iPad, the iPad's under the Bible. The Bible's on top of things. That's, I try to respect, I want my children to learn not to leave their Bibles out to get wet, out under, and I say that, and I just got one, a new Bible a while back, and I go outside after church, and I'm like, whose Bible's out there on the picnic table? One of my four. We'll just leave it that way. Not the oldest one, at least. I think he's starting to learn. But the Bible contains the Holy Scriptures. Treat it that way. Not only does it contain the Holy Scriptures, but number two tonight, the Scriptures lead us to salvation. Look at what it says there in verse 15. It says, and when I closed my Bible there, my Bible didn't go back to it. It just didn't flip back to where it needed to turn to. It went to a different passage. Verse 15, that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. The Scriptures lead us to salvation. Do you know you don't get saved? You've got to understand me and listen when I say this. We're not saved by believing the Bible. John 5, 39, what does it say there? Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. So the scriptures don't save you. Jesus Christ saves you. Because the scriptures tell you about Jesus. And that's an important thing to remember, because even the devil himself knows scripture, right? And they, he knows scripture and things like that. Timothy was saved and he grew up and it, where did his relationship come, it came with God to God we see the rest of that verse which make thee wise into salvation gives you what you need to know to get saved but the scriptures don't save you Jesus does right because when you're searching the scriptures you think you have eternal life in them no they're just testifying of me because Jesus is the key right 
say, well, he's the word and the, we have the written word and you can go into all that stuff if you want. And at the end of the day, if we didn't have the Bible, we wouldn't know what we need for salvation, right? We need the scriptures. And we think about these things. What relationship does the scriptures have or the Bible have with salvation? It reveals our need for salvation. You know, what does the Bible do? It talks about it's like a mirror, right? Why do you look in a mirror? So you can see how handsome that face is, right? No, to make sure that, you know, after you ate lunch that you didn't leave a spot on there. Or, you know, you're having a, a rib or something and there's barbecue sauce left right on the chin there. You look in the mirror to make sure things are clean. The mirror magnifies things. What does the Word of God do? It magnifies things and lets us know that we need a God. And without God, there's no way we could get to salvation. The Bible tells us in John 3, 18 to 21, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, and that they are wrought in God. The Bible tells us we're condemned, right? We have no hope. But then the Bible also tells us we have hope. We have a Savior in Jesus Christ. The verses right before those in John 3, verse 16, 18, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The whole reason Jesus came, God didn't send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. How will we know that without the Scriptures? The Bible tells us we're lost and what we're condemned. The Bible tells us we have a Savior that came and died and God sent His Son and Christ died for our sins. And if we trust Him, He'll save us. And the Bible t also gives us help to know that we'll forever be saved. 1 John chapter 5, verse 9-13, to 13, If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which He hath testified of His Son, he that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in him. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record. This is it, right here. That God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. There is nothing else, right? And he that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Could it be any simpler? And then what does it say in the next verse? These things that we just read. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know you have eternal life. Not guess, not possibly have it, but know, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. You see, the Scriptures, though they might not save us, they lead us to salvation. So as we look here tonight, we see the Bible contains the Holy Scriptures, number two. And I'm getting through this here. We see the Scriptures lead us to salvation. Number three, we see the fact that the Scriptures are true and dependable. Oh, you say, but some men wrote these words. I have many people. You believe in a book that men wrote. Try to explain to me how over a 1,600-year period, over 40 different authors in three different continents could write a book that agrees in every place and doesn't contradict itself. In any, show me a book that's like that. Show me a book that man's ever written that, ha, that does what the Word of God does. Show me the lives 
that some book somebody's written out there has done to change someone's life. I think we can look around just in this room tonight and see the lives that have been changed because of the Word of God. As we look here, it says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. The doctrine of inspiration of Scripture is vitally important and a doctrine that Satan attacked from the very beginning in the garden. Yea, hath God said? Yes, he did. And God's given us his written word. It is inspired tonight. Now, this is the thing. There are many people that have different explanations about inspiration. And I'm not going to take the time tonight to go into inspiration and all those things. But I want you to understand something tonight. When the original scriptures were given, they were inspired. God spoke and God moved James, John, Peter, Moses, David, and everyone else. And in that, he gave us his inspired word. God has promised today to preserve his word. And since God has preserved his word, the inspiration that was there from the beginning is still there tonight. And it doesn't lose power or change anything because the inspiration is still there. There are those, and, and everyone can have their thoughts and things like that, but there are those that believe that the King James writers were just as inspired as Peter, James, and John. And that's a bunch of baloney. Because if you can say that they were, you can say every, anyone, I was inspired too. Now maybe they were inspired and you know how someone was inspired to write a book or someone was inspired to paint a picture somewhere. You could be inspired that way. And, may, and I believe they were inspired to take and give a Bible that came together with a good text and bring those things together to bring a Bible into the English language. I think they were inspired in that sense. But I don't believe that they were inspired like James and John were. Because when the scriptures were done, I believe that that inspiration was done. And some people disagree with that, but you're not the one preaching I am tonight. And when we think about these things, the scripture matters. It is God's word. God gives us a book. Think, why would God give us a book we couldn't trust? Think about that tonight. When we think about God, what is he? He is truth. Deuteronomy 32.4 says, He is the rock. His work is perfect. And that's not talking about mature or complete there. His work is perfect. All his ways are judgment. A God of truth. You see that right there? He's a God of truth and without iniquity, just and righteous is he. Jesus Christ, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not a way, not a truth, not a life. He is the way. He is the truth. He's the life. And no man comes unto the Father but by him. The Spirit of God, 1 John 5, verse number 6 says, This is he that came by water and blood, even Christ Jesus, not by water only and by the water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness because... The Spirit is truth. Do you see that right there? John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Who was, who was Jesus praying to in John 17? To God. God, sanctify, set them apart. Clean them up through thy truth. Thy word is where the truth comes from. We see these things. The Holy Spirit of God used men of God to write the Word of God. 2 Peter 1, verse 20 and 21. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. 
For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of men, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Pastor, but men, men wrote the Bible. Let me give you an example. I've done this before. You see me here. You see this pen, and I got a piece of paper here. Did I just write that? I did not. My pen did. The pen is the instrument I used to put my words down. The instrument God used to give us his word were men. Men were the tool or the instrument that God used. And God being God and who he is, let each writer use their own style, their own um, vocabulary, and all these things. And through you say, well, how could it be, how could God move them and let them use their own vocabulary and their own experiences and bring that all together? Don't you realize he's God and he can do anything he wants to do? And just because you don't understand what God can do doesn't mean that God can't do what he can do. Because God can do far exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Isn't that what the scriptures say? So the Bible teaches us. God's given us his book. And we got, as we think about the inspiration here, it's true. It's dependable. You think about God's word, and there are so many words that I could give. You think about revelation, that word. The idea there is communicating of truth to man by God. There's general revelation and special revelation. I go deeper with those, but we're not going to. Inspiration has to do with the recording of the communication in a way that's dependable. Whatever the Bible says about itself, man, life, death, history, science, and every other subject is true. It doesn't mean, now listen to me, this doesn't mean that every statement in the Bible is true because the Bible records the lies of men because it gives the full truth. Does that make sense? I'm not saying God lies in his book. He records things truthfully. And sometimes men lie. And those are listed in there. It's God-inspired. The record's true. And why, you think about all the books that men write. Why would they write a book that condemns them and looks to a higher being to take care of them and to save them from their own mess? It's not how it goes. They write books about superhumans that have capes and things like that. That's the way they do it. Not the way the Bible does it. See, the scriptures tonight, they are, they contain, the, the Bible contains the Holy Scriptures. The Bible leads us to salvation. The scriptures are true and dependable. Number four, and we're almost done tonight, the scriptures are profitable. All scriptures given by inspiration of God, you see, and is profitable. What scripture is profitable? All of it. Even Leviticus that I mentioned this morning, it is profitable. First Chronicles, it's profitable. Ezekiel. Now, do, come on, don't tell me you, you understand Ezekiel. Some of you, yeah, I, you do not. You don't, you, some of you didn't even know there was a book of Ezekiel in the Bible when I just said that. When he says, son of man, go do this, I'm like, what in the world is he telling Ezekiel to go do? It's all profitable. What's it profitable for? For doctrine. What is right? You want to know what's right in this world? The Bible's profitable to teach you doctrine what's right. The Bible's profitable for reproof what's not right. You know, when our kids do wrong, you have to sometimes tell them, this is what you, this is wrong. And the Word of God tells us what's right. That's what doctrine is. The Bible tells us when we do wrong for reproof. We also see the Bible's profitable for correction, how to get right from the mistakes that we make. And not only is it profitable for correction, but it's profitable for instruction and righteousness, how to stay right. Think about that tonight. 
the Word of God, it's profitable to teach us what's right, to teach us what's wrong, and to teach us how to get right and how to stay right. The Bible's profitable. The Scriptures are profitable to us. And you would do well as a Christian tonight to study the Word of God. I mentioned it this morning. You've got to think about this. The more you study God's Word and apply God's Word to your heart and to your life, the easier the Christian life's going to be. The cleaner you'll be. Scriptures are profitable. Number five and lastly tonight, the Scriptures equip us for service. Look at verse 17. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. In chapter 6 of 1 Timothy, Paul called Timothy a man of God there. But Paul here states the fact. He says, but thou, O man of God, flee these things. He was talking to Timothy. I don't believe he was just talking to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 17. I think tonight that if you're, if you're, a, if you're a saved man tonight, you're a man of God. If you're a saved woman tonight, you're a woman of God tonight. And as we look at this verse, and as we close things out, I believe that any person can become a man of God or a woman of God. And how does that happen? By being in God's Word. That's key. By letting God's Word, reading it, meditating on it, studying it, obeying it, and letting the Word of God change you from the inside out. Could we go through all the different people in the Bible that were called men of God? Was Moses called a man of God? Samuel? Elijah? Elisha? David? Timothy? What's one key ingredient with all of them? They were devoted to the Word of God. Furnished here. And you think about this. You see two words in this verse that are important. This last one. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The two key words, perfect and furnished. The word perfect means complete or fit shape, fit condition. As we look, it does not begin to suggest perfection in our lives. It means being ready for use. Furnished has the similar idea to being equipped for service. In other words, the Word of God furnishes and equips a believer so they can live a life that's pleasing to God and do the work that God's called them to do. Remember how I've told you that a pastor's job is to help you be ready for the ministry and to do the work of God? Well, how does a pastor do that? By feeding you God's Word. We need the Word of God. The purpose of the Bible, you think about this, is just continuing it. Are times getting better? They're not. If you're sitting here saying, oh, everything's getting better, you're a liar. Or your head's just in the sand. And sometimes I wish my head just was in the sand. That would be a better place than seeing the things that are going on in our world. But just because the world's getting worse doesn't mean that you as a Christian need to get worse. We need to be in God's Word. Let it change us. Help us. Because, and what did Paul tell Timothy here? Continue. Keep it. You know this book works. You know that this book is truth. And I don't care what your favorite YouTuber says or what your favorite TV preacher or this person or that person says, this is truth. And if it goes against this, stay away from continuing this. Continuing the truth of this book. Continuing it. Father.